We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time in Matthew Spawnauer and Theo Ash. We have a great episode planned for you all today. We're going to discuss a lot of the top narratives going on in the NBA, as well as previewing week nine of the NFL season. Um, if you want to hear our reactions to the NFL trade deadline, we did talk about that on our Tuesday live stream. You can check that out on RSS as well as on YouTube and our past lives. And if you want to hear about the Stay Hot Locked, which we will be discussing um, on our AMP Live this week, make sure you download the AMP app by Amazon and tune in every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be doing the Week 9 Locks as well as discussing some other things in sports, maybe some pop culture stuff as well. But before we get in to all the great stuff today, Matt, Theo, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm good. I don't know. I don't have much to report. I'm glad my Wi-Fi is back. I'm glad too. We are People too. always mention like Matt can consistently have either good video or good audio, but never both. Well, hopefully it's both today. Sounds, sounds good today. Sounds great today. We here in Flagstaff are about to get reportedly 10 inches of snow. 10 and a half inches of snow. Tomorrow. Snow. That's way too much. <laughs> that's hey, that's a lot of snow, man. Like <laughs> that's I, a lot of snow. <laughs> I was not prepared for how much snow this place gets. Apparently. I haven't seen it yet. It's it's been told to me, it's been reported, it's on the horizon. But Flagstaff, Arizona gets like hundreds of inches of snow a year. And it's not that it never gets that cold here, but it's it's constantly snowing, I suppose. Which I Does have it no rain idea. a lot in the summer and yeah, because of the mountain, the mountain, okay. something with the mountains and the altitude. It, it rained a lot when I first moved here in, in August, and uh, there's just a lot of precipitation with uh, the mountains or something. Something with I watched a magic school. I could have told you more about this when I was six <laughs> years old than I can now because I watched a magic school bus episode about this, and they're like, desert happens because mountains trap all the the rain on one side of them and then on the other side of the mountains, there's desert or something along those lines. If we have any, uh, weather, weather people in the, in the comment section, please explain this to me. But I guess I'm just braced. That's my interesting news. That's what's going on in my life is I'm bracing for a shit ton of snow and I'm looking at a bunch of Bradley Chubb, Chase Claypool, Calvin Ridley and, and film and whatnot for my big, my big YouTube video. So that's, what's going on with me. Well, here in beautiful Oxford, Ohio, we have some light overcast, mid-60s. So what can I say? Got better weather than Flagstaff, Arizona, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I like but, snow, though. I'm, I'm fine with a blizzard. I don't have anywhere to be. I work. I'm a podcaster. I got it. I, I got to stay wa- inside. I, I can make some. I got to walk to class. Can dog. make some hot chocolate and just look out the window and and drink my drink my hot yummy drink. I I, I don't. I'm not <laughs> horrified at this. I can get there. I can get down with the hot yummy drink. You can see <laughs> the you, vision. Snow sucks though. 
really bad. Yeah, it does. Snow it does. And it, uh, snow activities are also not good. I disagree. Sledding, sledding is, is overrated as hell. Because sledding is fun. Sledding is cool if it wasn't cold out. But it's cold out, so it's not that fun. Put a coat on. Well, at our right. old age, like sledding is not like at first off. First off, the age cool. it's like trick or treating level of you're it too does. old for this. I mean, you can do it if you're like. <laughs> I f- I felt weird when I was like 16 years old going sledding. Not that I really want. To I've never been skiing. He can't even have like a real snowball fight. I've never been skiing. I'm not, le- I'm not learning that. Sorry. Um, you're not what, wait what you else? guys don't know how to ski and snowboard no. and you're calling winter no. acti- activities overrated i did hey that was matt not me don't look matt. at me <laughs> well like how do you know how to ski and snowboard <laughs> yes you know how to play yes. hockey yeah no. <laughs> i do not in the skate. nhl farm system i don't know how to skate i don't know how to skate well enough to play hockey but like i can get you on know, the ice and like go on you circles. know why i don't know how to do these things because you can only do them every once in a while at random times because it needs to be snowing and it's cold out, so I don't want to. I'll learn how you to do warm things. You can only ski at random times. All winter, you could go skiing. I'm go not doing skiing. That. You can't call winter activities overrated. Oh, like one see, and adult and winter activity. activities, like, and then you have to buy like four thousand dollars worth of equipment. <laughs> I'm good. Man. You're t- you're 22 years old, being like building snowmen and going sledding is overrated. Like, go <laughs> do some adult stuff. Get some fucking whiskey, man. Like, get some, it's, get it's, some whiskey it's the same. and go tr- skiing. Drunk oh my or god! <laughs> All right, go get some whiskey and go skiing. Yeah, be no, a real a man. I actually don't know. Idea. I've never done that. I've that sounds unsafe. All but those activities you have to do all this like, prep to go do it. No, I'm not doing that. I just want to go do something. If I want to go play basketball, I get a ball and I go to the hoop. This, if I want to go skiing, I got to get all this equipment and like lug it around. I got to go up the big, the big whatever it is. No. Are you going to be like this all winter? <laughs> yeah. The, every every no. podcast, Matt's going to be like, you it's know 70 what? It's out right now. <laughs> but when it gets cold, yeah, this is how I'm going to be. <laughs> That's the worst, I fear. But, <laughs> you know, it's just chronic dighead behavior. But let's hop into the NBA tip of the day brought to you by our good friends over at AG1. Look, it's no secret. I care about my health. And how else could I, you know, keep up looking like the way that I do going to basketball class, saucing kids up. Well, let me tell you about a product that I use every single day. I started taking AG1. You know, I just got to look good. I got to stay healthy and got to, you know, hang out with my friends and not be, you know, a blob. You know, I got to be, I got to be the goat at all times. And it's important to me that I keep my body at peak health with just one scoop of AG1. You're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day the right way. This delicious blend of ingredients supports gut health, boosts your immune system, nervous system, energy recovery, focus, and even aging. For me, I just throw a scoop in a glass of water before I start my day because I just feel like it gives me the energy boost I need to keep going. And the boost of mental clarity is really, and alertness is really why over 7,000 people have given Athletic Greens a five-star review. And if you're like me on a college student's budget, you get all of this for less than $3 a day. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash stay hot. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash stay hot to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. I think the obvious NBA tip of the day would be don't tamper, right? And the 76ers are getting, are getting uh, docked two second round picks for tampering. Now, to be completely fair, they started off 0-3. So, like, I think a week ago, this would be great to say, but since then, they're like 4-1. So, can we can we really say that much? The punishment for tampering is not enough to stop any team from doing it, even for <laughs> role players like the 76ers have gotten. Uh, my, my tip of the day would be do tamper. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be the difference between you getting, like, a great player or not. And they're going to charge you a second round yeah. pick. Like that's going to be like the forty fifth pick. 
You can buy that with a cash consideration. Who cares? I'm not sitting here and telling you that I think the 76ers needed to be like punished more. I really like, I'm not particularly moved by that, but or by them tampering. But like, if the NBA actually wants to stop this, they'll eventually have to put their foot down and punish a team so badly that it is a real deterrent to stop you from doing it. If I'm going after a star player, and maybe we'll see with Brunson and the Knicks. Maybe the Knicks get fined a first-round pick, but even then they might not care and be like, yeah, we trade a first for Brunson. I feel like yeah. a lot of these teams are going with the mindset of like, hey, you know, if we get, we're going to go for it, if it helps us get this great player, we want to do that. And if we get caught and the punishment is just like future picks and it's like not even that big picks, who cares? Yeah. I mean, they yeah, got P- P- PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker is averaging, he's averaging <laughs> 70, 70%. He's shooting 70% from the field right now. <laughs> like, this will hold up. Yeah, you take that. This will, this will certainly hold up, but you know, he's, he's a good role player. I, I don't think two second round picks are averaging 70% from the, the, from the field. <laughs> No one's wearing a jersey that says 2023 Sixers second round pick on the back, you know, like who cares? I I if PJ Tucker's playing well, you know, who cares? Who cares? And, and that's <laughs> the Nets care I, I, or not the Nets. Do the 76ers care? No. Do the fans care? No. Does yeah. the league really care? And, and th- that's the thing. Nobody no. really, it, this isn't, this is like a bad example of the problem with tampering because it's like Tucker and house are guys who are good role players, but they really aren't guys you need to tamper for. You would figure <laughs> when it comes to a guy like Brunson, where talking to him before you're supposed to, and it's like the Mavs still really wanted him and it came down to the money that's a little bit more serious and that's a little bit higher level of a player and the tampering there seemed to be a little bit more involved. So I think right now I'm okay with what the the league did. I feel like that's about fair punishment, whatever. I think everybody will blow this off, even though it kind of sucks for Philadelphia. What they do with the Knicks will be more telling. If they, if they say we're going to take away two second round draft picks from you, New York, then, then they're not really serious. <laughs> if they serious. decide to take a first or, I mean, the real solution to this would be if you tamper, you like can't sign the guy you're tampering for, but it's kind yeah. of hard to make work logistically because of how fast the investigation would need to get done. So I don't know. We'll see. They just suspend the player. I don't know. Wow. That's not a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. You suspend him for like the playoffs of one year. That'd be pretty crazy. <laughs> But I don't know. But but I, is, I it, think is it is it the player's fault? Yeah, is it the player's fault? Like, <laughs> no, I, I don't stop, know. Oh, stop. I, it's we not. It's not really the player's stop. I get suspended. <laughs> yeah, well, the player also, I don't think, is just sitting there like, well, I I wish the Knicks would have stopped texting me my contract offer, but I. <laughs> I had a conversation with them and I over the phone I couldn't help it. It's like I don't know about that. But yeah, suspending the player would be pretty funny. That would be I got sucked you into told, the phone. You know, because the teams are just not going to care. It's not it's still in their best interest to yeah. tamper. The players, if they got suspended or docked money, then it's not in their best interest to right. tamper. And then that might stop it. But that's probably extreme. I don't want to sound anti player. <laughs> Yeah, it can't sound anti-player on this podcast. We talked about a little bit on the live about uh, Steve Nash, quote unquote, leaving the Nets. But we we all the amicable what. departure. <laughs> we he, got he was glad we're firing you, Steve. <laughs> I was leaving anyway. I was quitting yeah. anyway. <laughs> I buy it. I think this is pretty interesting. You know. Um, there's a lot that's going into it right now. I kind of feel bad for Steve Nash, although I also don't think that he's a good coach. I just don't think they listen to Steve Nash that much. Um, and I don't know specifically what he was trying to implement this season, but it seemed like a lot of it was like the Lakers one ISO four gargoyle type, you know, sets out there where it's like, yeah, you know, you got these talented guys in ISO, but they're just not running enough sets. There's just not enough plays for any offense, no matter how talented you are. And you're never going to see, well, not never, but you're, it's rare to see an offense this talented, especially struggle this bad. Um, and then, of course, the defense is a disaster, too. And it, I, I question how much you blame that on Nash and how much you blame that on the personnel and how much you blame that um just on how much the team has bought in. So I think moving on and coming to a new coach, you pretty much can only go up from here. The offense really doesn't look that good, even though they're still scoring pretty well. 
And the defense looks, I think it's the worst in the league right now if you were to look at defensive uh-huh. ratings. So I don't blame them for moving on. It's, I think it's bottom three in, in like, yeah, I think it's bottom three. I don't know if it's dead last, yeah. but it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. And you've got like, yeah, you look at the numbers. It's, it's Kyrie and Kevin Durant with a 100% usage rating, uh, sh- like shooting about average. And a lot of their shots look sick. But at the end of the day, unless you're shooting like crazy efficient with two players with like, crazy usage your offense isn't going to be that good and i was reminded i was charles barkley talked a little bit about this and he talked about the quote that kevin durant said that was um we don't need a head coach <laughs> like we we don't need a head coach it's like well you guys that's just not, like that's balling. not good. like it's pickup ball is like not working it's not a working and it's just a it's it's a mess from a couple of different perspectives you've got Ben Simmons, who is steadily every single year of his career getting less and less involved with the off. He's just shrinking every year. It's like a linear, it's like a linear track downwards. How like involved he wants to be in the off. It is. And I I would say it's not linear at this point. I would say, I agree with you. It's like, you go look at the stats through his first four seasons in Philadelphia. And it's like, you can just see it not trending in the right direction this season. Falling off the yeah, cliff. Yeah, it's bottomed out. It's I mean, bottom he's, down. he's just right. like it's not linear. It's no, but I, I I agree with the idea. But it's like this season is just a, a total like he is not doing anything, and that that's a mix of things. It's a, it's a mix of things. Number one, Simmons is hurt right now. He is not like go watch him in summer league when he just came into the league, and go watch him now. He does not move the same way. These injuries are stacking up. Absolutely. Number two, obviously, is the aggression, and I think a lot of like the lack of aggression comes from not having or from having great players around him. It is a lot easier to not be aggressive when you have Kyrie and Kevin Durant on your team. And that's not their fault. That's just the way that it is. And then number three, especially when you're playing this pickup ball stuff, that's not, you got to work Ben Simmons into the offense. And they're just doing nothing to do that. They're doing nothing. Like there's this one play where they're bringing, they're having Ben Simmons bring the ball up the court. And this happens several times. And then, he stands there and it's like, I agree with bring, having Simmons bring the ball up the court, but then you got to run some sort of set. You got to run some sort of action, run a pick and roll, give him something to go, like, try to create an advantage because otherwise you got the defender standing, standing 10 feet off of him, just waiting for him to do anything. And he's waiting for action. Nothing happens. He passes off to KD. So it's a disaster with him. It is. It's, it, it's just the weirdest stat lines ever. Like I've just never, he, all of his shots come up close. He is shooting 0% long his frequency on long mid-range shots is zero percent his frequency of shots that come from three zero percent literally everything is in the paint he refuses to take any kind of jump shot and his efficiency is still horrible (laughs) he's like his touch around the rim and his physicality is bad so he's not even good at the one thing he wants to do and he's terrified of shooting free throws i think like a part of the like he doesn't he'll pass out because yes there's like kd behind him like it makes sense to pass out but also he might have to go to the line and I don't think he wants to go to the line at <laughs> he does not. all. I don't think he wants nope. to go to the line at all. I think that he wants to just, line. I, he just wants to throw it off to Kyrie. Did you, did you see the play the other day where Kyrie passed it to Simmons who had like an open short jump shot and he yelled at him, shoot it, Ben, shoot it, Ben. He yelled, shoot it, Ben. It was like the, the tray, like the play against the Hawks again, but he didn't shoot it. He passed it back to KD. Now KD yeah. did something sick and he scored, but like it's 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 like ah, man like i get that you need to make a coaching change and it's kind of a slimy gross coaching change to like just hire this guy who has been suspended for sexual misconduct for a year like i'd just be like oh well he can play for us we didn't suspend him he could play for us like that's pretty low um and like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like the Nets just you know, don't care about that, obviously. The Nets the, the, their don't owner, care about that. their owner will come out and be like, Oh, you know, I just want a team that's fun and, and, and good. Like I I want he needs to shut up now. If this is <laughs> if this is what we're doing, it's like you are bringing this upon yourself. You are reaping what you sow when you do this, like you know. And there's plenty yeah. of other good coaches available. It's not like this is the only guy, although I do think he's probably in terms of just from a basketball standpoint, the best guy you could go get. But I think it'll be an interesting change. Yeah, I. 
it just is like a morally bankrupt franchise, like franchise, right? <laughs> Kyrie is out here in press conferences tell, talking about like oh, anti-Semitic, like misinformation. Myers Leonard got like kicked out of the league for like saying a slur playing Call of Duty. Like Kyrie Irving is out here talking about, you know, just like, <laughs> like lies and like nothing is happening to him. And they're like, I wish you would like the owner is like, I wish you wouldn't say that, but you did. So what can you do? It's like, well, you can actually can yeah. do something. You can, you know, let a suspended coach say suspended. You can suspend, you know, players for saying bad, like evil, like hateful things about a race of people. Like these are all things that you can do. And like, they just don't do them because they're so desperate for this to work. They're so desperate for this to work. And it's, not working you it's don't not, have the and, and it won't it will not it work won't. you don't have the collection of personalities look at like this the seattle seahawks right now this is a completely uh, different sport and example but right. they clearly have like the cast of personalities and like they have a culture and they have a you know a cool environment and they're overperforming. and that's the same with like you could say the Suns, I think, like with Booker and Chris Paul and, and Mikhail Bridges being friends with everybody. Like it, it works not just because of the talent, not just because you have Chris Paul and you have Devin Booker, like mid-range gods on your team. Like it, it, it's, that's not you why have, it you works. You have to be bought in. You have right. to it's be not like buy Chris Paul, to the environment. Right. It's not like Chris Paul is and, and Booker are playing like Kyrie Irving and KD and just, you know, running the offense completely through them. And it's not like they want to do that, which is like a different. It's not like they're just massive distractions and getting suspended like left and right. Like it's the talent. It just cannot work with these personalities. If it could work, it would have worked by now, but it's just getting worse and worse. So, yeah, blow it up. Right. Trade KD to the suns and like do do so, like i don't know man it's it's one of the biggest messes right now like them and the lakers both like i want a documentary about it someday because it just seems like it 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 seemed like just the players i don't want to say like oh player player control like players controlling where they went like backfired spectacularly because i i do like power to the players and i do like the players having control yeah. but it does seem like in the lakers and Nets situations it does seem like the players like made a bunch of bets that didn't make a ton of sense from a basketball like perspective and it did kind of backfire in, in <laughs> on both coasts right or something i don't know it's i i i get what you're saying i mean the Nets are kind of like, what if we had these super great, you know, shot creating guys and, and we had, we put nothing else on the team and we had nothing else going for right. us. Right. It's happening in two places. It's like stuff we really well, haven't seen much before. And it's happening in like two places with like the two biggest names of basketball. It's yeah. very interesting. So I think, I, I, I think the Lakers are probably closer than the Nets would be my hot take from terms of, well, I don't know if I want to say that. I think the Nets are more <laughs> talented. I think the Lakers are closer culturally that's what i'll and say and they have a defense where it's like man if they could shoot like it could right be fine. it's like the the problem with the lakers is very much like this one thing on the court and i think that is far more fixable than with the nets yeah. and with the nets i mean if you want to talk a little bit about yudoka and exactly what that's going to look like from an on the court perspective part of it's going to be getting the players to buy in i mean he's getting a lot of credit for the celtics defense last year and rightfully so however you're talking. We're talking about personnel that is. They just don't have like these great perimeter defenders. They just don't. They don't have Marcus Smart. They don't have Jalen Brown. They don't have Jason. Thay. They don't got those guys. And even if they were, they are not bought into playing defense. They're not bought into doing anything. I understand wanting to change a head coach often changes. You know how bought in a team is. Like you know, I don't want to reference my own team, but like the Panthers are at least more bought in now. Those guys are playing a lot harder than they were under Matt Rule. You see it all the time in sports, but. If, if you have Kevin Durant saying we don't need a head coach and like that's the mindset of the team and we don't know that for sure that can change maybe it's just because they didn't really like or respect Nash um, then okay but if if that doesn't change nothing's going to change the other stuff has to be and I, I would say you're, you're not only seeing like a lack of buying in on defense but a lack of buying in on offense because they're just not running a real NBA offense going down and being like, I'm the goat. I'm going to go score. <laughs> that's not enough. 
it doesn't get it done. Didn't get it done with the Lakers last year. It's not getting it done for the Lakers this year. It's not getting it done for the Nets this year. It does not matter how good you are. Ball don't stop can say whatever they want about you on Twitter. (laughs) And they're right for a lot of it. But it's it. There's more pieces to the puzzle than that. I, I think that you're going to have to see just just more sets, just more plays, better rotations, and I want to see Ben Simmons get used. I, this is what I my prediction. What will happen? I think he's going to get used like Robert Williams offensively, because Robert Williams is this great. Ideally, he would. Now I don't know where Ben Simmons is, but Robert Williams offensively is like a pretty good passer. He's pretty good interior on like in, on the interior scoring. And a lot of times they'll have him take the ball up, and then they'll run like a pick and roll, and that'll bring the guy sagging off and way up to try to defend the pick and roll, and they can create an advantage that way. They got to do the same thing with Simmons because right now, just having Simmons bring the ball up the court and being like, he's a great passer. I think he's going to make a good pass now, and everyone just standing there is like, what are yeah. you doing? I ultimately think that you would watch need the Nets yeah, watch, watch what he does. <laughs> just <I'll> stand <laughs> here and watch, watch this guy. Watch this. <laughs> but, and if he would just like take a running start at those guys saying like 10 feet off of him and just be real confident himself, honestly, it would probably work out okay. But he doesn't do that. I think that with the Nets, you need the offense to recover to be like an all-time great like an all-time great offense because to win a championship, I mean, let's say this defense improves to league average. They'd still be one of the worst defenses ever to win a championship. They just do not have the personnel. And Simmons is like, he's a, he's a great defender, but right now, I mean, he's even, you know, hobbled and, and one guy is not enough. They're, they just like, I just don't quite see it there for them. I think they will improve a lot, but I think this team it's going to need a lot more buy-in. They need to find some personnel they may not have, and I don't know. A if lot you, more if buy-in. You, if you want to hang with like the Bucks, who's guard? Like you either have to be able to stop Giannis, which no one can, or you have to be able to score with them. And if you're not going to be the best scoring team out there, or like the Hawks, right? The Hawks are the Hawks are a great scoring team, or like the Cavs are one are putting up some of the best scoring numbers this year. So it's like. You you just You're, you have to be able to hang with these teams. It does not matter how talented you are if you have a defense as bad as the Nets is right now. You will not win the championship. You can't oh, right. get away no, with no. it. I think there's probably one. I, I looked this up some time ago. I think in the last twenty years, there's one team that didn't have a top ten defense and won the title, and it was the 2016 Cavs. It's just who it's, did they? It, who did they have? Who is that? Uh, is that offensive They had someone they had? real good. They had and someone even, real good to overcome that. Uh, and even uh, they had like, you know, they, they were a team that also coasted in the regular season because it was the Cavs and LeBron's team. And also right. they barely won, you know, so it's well, against the greatest team of all time. So, you know, but like I, I just and now you're already getting yourself behind or you're going to have to play two really tough series before you get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're just in a pit. I think it's even hard to blow it up now because of like you, Kyrie. Is someone going to trade for Kyrie? No. Someone going to trade for Simmons? Probably not. Kevin Durant. They want yes, Aiton still, so bad. Aiton would is the piece that they're missing, and they would like to trade away Kevin Durant for him. That is what yes, I hear from yes. my inside sources. Yes. The Suns are like right there again, man. It's going to be so awesome when they like lose in the Western conference finals or something this year. But I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the Lakers right now. I'm looking at the Warriors. I'm looking at like all these teams that were supposed to be great this year that aren't so great. And everyone said that about the Suns because they lost to some Australian team that decided to shoot 70% from three in a preseason game. All right. I need the, I need to be the apology to be as loud as the disrespect was. I'm convinced that the regular season Suns could beat the 36ers. Um, just need to put that out there. Theo, how do anyway. you... I, I need to ask how you feel about the Clippers right now. With Kawhi yeah, that's already, a, that, that's Kawhi already being that, hurt this early in the season. Paul George is shooting, what is it, 21 points per game? Oh, their offense so is just abysmal. And like without Kawhi... Good. The whole key to this, like everything I like about the Sixers is Kawhi is back. That is, yeah. <laughs> right? That's why I think that they are good. And if he's not back, all of a sudden, that all of a, like ruins everything. And if he is on a li- minutes restriction early, and instead of that, like, 
going away as time goes on. They're like, actually, he's even more hurt now and he's not making the road trip out. And it's yeah. like, man, so, these injury prone players, sometimes they just stay injury prone. You it's, know? And, and that's it's just the way it is in the NBA. You really and, want you need to be younger than the Clippers are. And this I, I think I had the Clippers as one of my like top four like teams, like tier one oh, yeah. teams. But like I, I don't want to pick them for the championship because I look at those other three teams, the Warriors, the Bucks, and and the Celtics, and I'm like, I kinda like their odds to stay healthy a little bit better. And it's like I think it's a long season. It's a long season, but banking on Kawhi and PG staying healthy, and it's like if that doesn't happen, we have no title hope. It's tough, man. It's Honestly, tough. So it, I, I think it being a long season hurts you, right? If you're trying to get someone healthy, they need time off. And I mean, yeah, sure. It's like you can afford to take some time off in a long season. But like the the grind of an 82 game regular season is just hard. Well, it's you're hard. setting yourself up. The idea that seating does not matter is a little bit overblown. Like dude, being the sixth seed, especially now with the plants, being like the sixth seed is not where you want to be. You do not want to go play the Suns, the Warriors, and then they're like, you know, you don't want to go play all the top tier Western Conference teams back to back to back. You don't want to do that. So like, for instance, good example, the Suns last year had Devin Booker get banged up. Now, obviously, it didn't ultimately work out for them. But thankfully, that was in round one. And thankfully, they were the first seed and they survived. If they were the five seed, they were the six seed. They probably wouldn't have. So the Clippers are all, it's it's got to be tough. It's like Kawhi just needs to be healthy. He just needs yeah. to be. Yeah, and I, I do think that things will get better for them. Like oh, they, yeah. they, their offensive personnel is just too good to be playing. Like their their turnover percentage as a team is like so hilariously high right now. They just like the cohesion is not there. Reggie Jackson and Norman Powell are supposed to have like real juices scores. They're shooting horribly right now. They can't score. Paul George is like a below average, you know, efficiency right now in terms of pots, uh, points per shot attempt, which is unusual for him. I have faith that these things will turn around and like, I can still see a world where like a healthy co like this, the potential for this team to be really good on both ends of the floor is like still there, but they can't oh, yeah, get anything right. in the paint right now. They don't have like a, big that you really like and uh without that kind of steady presence in inside it's tough to be a consistent shooting team because you're relying a lot on these jump shots from deep mid-range and three like and and when you don't have that big big man and right now their shooters are not shooting very well the, you get this They're, and oh if, it, if, if it wasn't for bad. the Kawhi injury i would say not worried. Like they'll find their jump shot. They can make a move. They've got a lot of role players. They can make a move for a big man. Like I could still see a vision here, but man, like the Kawhi injury really, really is worrying. The fact that he just, I mean, we haven't seen him at all, like in years really. And for him to like, he's had all this time to recover and for him to still not be ready for him to right. be getting worse, even right. like that's what makes recovery, you nervous. It's, scary. it's like, well, I can't buy into that. Then the rest I can buy into you turning it around, but that I, I that's terrifies me, and it yeah, should have not before the season. They're they're the only team with less than a hundred points per game. It's not yeah, good. Their man. offense is, like, is horrific right now. It's it's like I said, hilariously bad. Paul George leads the team with four point seven assists. <laughs> they just there there are like, some God, problems damn. with that team, even outside of Kawhi's health and everyone just being right. healthy and being a little bit more cohesive, like. The fit between Paul George and Kawhi is not that great. This was a narrative that kind of got killed because Kawhi got hurt and then Paul George played really well and they made the Western Conference Finals and everyone was like, well, then, you know, they'll get they'll get um, Kawhi back and they'll be better. And it's like, right. I agree. But, you know, it's still a problem. Yeah, this team is. Yes. Scary. Not not and not in a good way, but. You guys don't have anything else. I think we should uh, move. Shout on out to Cleveland. Hey, shout I out. Wasn't Cleveland gonna any, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> five and one. Five, five and, one. and one. Cleveland Cavaliers. The only team better than them right now is the. Uh, the well, uh, there's Milwaukee the six Bucks. and one Suns and the six and oh, out Bucks. Yeah, six. Oh, okay. Yeah, six and one. As opposed to but currently, Cleveland is a top five offense and a top five yes. defense, and which is. I think basically what we were saying before the season, it's, 
Yeah. It's very easy to see these things coming, I feel like, with some of these teams. Like, <laughs> so, all the some pieces. of them it is easy, but like... What's interesting um, and something I want to dive in more is how they are playing with through two elite big men in Mobley and Jared Allen versus the Timberwolves, who are hypothetically built in a very similar way but are seeing none of that success. Um, that's a question that I have that I haven't really answered for myself, Matt. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or Blayden, I guess, but uh, that's the one thing I'm, I'm very interested in is like, why is Cleveland, who is built the same way as Minnesota, so much better than Minnesota? And yeah, that's that's one thing maybe for a, a video or that I'll maybe the only that's thing not I a bad think, idea. The only thing I've I not watched of- a ton of Timberwolves this year, to be completely honest, which I've kind of dropped the ball on, but I can tell you with almost certainty what it is, and it's that they are just not running enough Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert pick and roll. I think I, that's my my guess would be that's what it is because he keep he he had this quote today where he's complaining about like oh um, you know the paint like he Edwards. has no he has no dunks no oh. Anthony Edwards he has no dunks this year not one which wow. is an insane stat considering you think he'd at least right. get one off a fast break or something but nope no dunks. And he said, well, the paint's clogged. I can't go jump over all these, you know, super, super tall guys. If there's people there, there's people there. And my guess is that they are just throwing Rudy Gobert in the dunker spot. Or when they are running a pick and roll with Gobert, they're doing it with D'Angelo Russell and not Anthony Edwards. And Anthony Edwards has a very well-rounded game. But like, ultimately, like you want him to have his, his greatest strength is like he's beating you off the dribble and attacking the basket. Right. And with Gobert, you have to work to make sure that he can still do that. And as of right now, it doesn't sound like that's what they're doing. So that's my guess, but I have not watched enough Timberwolves to tell you that's what it is for sure. Fair. That's the only, pretty good. The other that, thing I could think that of Edward would be stat like... That Edwards shocks me. That, that yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> that's crazy. I would also wonder, because like, the other thing is like, if you have Gobert on the team on the court at the same time as Carl Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns has to be like out of the paint. He has to be exclusively on the perimeter or you're it's, you know, you have still pretty good shooting on the court, but that doesn't mean the spacing is good. Right. So. Right. Also, the only other thing I would is. be able to think of with that is like uh, the Cavs have had their guys together longer. It's just, yeah. like a, it could just be like a cohesion thing. Like, you're trying things out. You're going to see what works, see what doesn't. And eventually you, hopefully you figure out like, okay, let's, let's run some pick and rolls with, with Ant and go Baron. Well, I could say it. like they both, both the Cavs and the Timberwolves basically have their core from last year, plus one of the jazz stars. And that's true for both. Teams. Oh yeah. I guess, I guess you could say that. And one of them, I was just looks thinking like, like the cohesive big right away. The big men are together, yes, but both of them have tried to incorporate a superstar into their offense from, you know, both from the Jazz, and one's done a good (laughs) job. One does. And also, it also doesn't help that D'Angelo Russell has not been good to start the season. He's not creating, he's not shooting, he's never been like an elite defender. So it's like, what are you doing if you are not doing any of those things at a high level, which I don't think that he is right now? Um, He needs to play better. So there's that. And, but like the Cavs don't have uh, they they haven't had Garland so I don't know I don't know that's that's one well, thing that I, I'm I'm I, interested in. I would wonder if some of the problem that you could possibly see come up with the Cavs and this is like a problem that I think is very solvable and more of a short term thing is like the the time slip between Garland and Donovan Mitchell and who does what could get a little complicated and this injury that he's had where he's not on the court has sort of made it like well. We're not. We're just not seeing that arise yet. Right. It could happen. It could no not. But right now. we'll have to see when Garland comes back if they've really gotten all four of those guys to fit together really well, or if they have some things to work out. And the Timberwolves have things to work out. Yes. Sure. Yes. But yeah. Shout out the Cavs. Yeah. Yeah. That's best team shout in the out. NBA, man. No, but uh, they're up there. <laughs> up they there. Are up there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring. The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K and no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash stay hot. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash stay hot. Moving on to the NFL game of the week. Uh, we were talking before this. This is like a lot of like you got Eagles, Texans. Mm. Like what kind of match? We say this every week. <laughs> I think we do say better. this every week. Oh, man. <laughs> Matt, what's the best college football matchup this week? Then you, I haven't even looked at the matchups. Yeah, yet. Exa- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We have Tennessee Georgia coming up here. I think okay. next week, Ooh. and that's bigger than any NFL that's- regular season game has ever been. And there's probably multiple types <laughs> of those games every single year. So, nah. please stop fighting, know. guys. Please stop <laughs> fighting. <laughs> uh, Theo, you're gonna get to see. Uh, the, is this the first time the the Lions and Packers have played this year? I think so. It all runs together. I think so. I can't remember. I I think that it is. In fact, I'm it's sure that it is. Blur. Do you do you it's think all the Lions come out on top? Blur. You're you've been you've been really down no. on the Packers as of late. I've been down on the Packers, win. but you know I think they can beat Detroit. Like it'll, it, it's not a lock. <laughs> But <laughs> look, Detroit's is defense is simply no good. It's simply not. And they just lost TJ Hawkinson, which to me is a pretty big loss as someone who could pick up a lot of yards after the catch. Who's someone pretty good against uh, uh, if you were going to go out in man coverage. Like TJ Hawkinson is kind of a matchup nightmare in man coverage. I was a kind of a big TJ Hawkinson f- fan. And without him... Uh, Jameson Williams isn't back yet. It all comes down to Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift. And with DeAndre Swift healthy, like we'll see DeAndre Swift to me, like watching the last lions game, he so routinely just abandons the structure of the play. Oh, I mean, there was a play. I, I talked about it on TikTok where there was, they were running GT counter. So the guard and the tackle pull yeah. and they go block the guys on the end and like they, you got to pick something out on that side. And literally the the play side tackle and guard got a ton of movement on Christian Wilkins. They like moved him out of the play. And then the tackle was able to turn around and block the linebacker. So Christian Wilkins was out of the way. Tackle turned around and blocked the linebacker. There was this, there was a big hole. Now there was a problem. And that's that TJ Hawkinson was losing to Jalen Phillips on this play. But I have seen running backs like fit through spaces much narrower than the one that was there for, for, for Swift, but Swift like saw that literally took off and ran the entire length of the field sideways out of bounds for a zero yard gain, like stick to like the, the Packers rushing defense is not that good, but I know after the game, Dan Campbell said something about like, Oh, Swift, he was shying away from contact because he doesn't like, he still feels hurt. I'm like, well, that sounds like just a bad running back then. So (laughs) I think if we can get like that Deandre Swift, I think like the rushing game is going to be inefficient. Um, if they give him a lot of carries, I'm I'm fading Deandre Swift. If they lean on, if they lean on Jamal, who is up there in rushing touchdowns this year. Well, and and they've, They've kind of got two different, like wildly different backs. I, I agree. You know, Swift has been pulling off the big plays. That's that's kind of where you get. It's like there's a lot of guys who just abandon what they're supposed to be doing entirely or like the more downhill run 
idea. And some of them are, re- and they're either like the worst running backs because they can't get away with it, or they're the best running backs because they can. I think of like Tyreek Hill after the catch. See, one of the only guys in the NFL where he starts running backwards and you're like, yeah, you cook. You got it, big guy. Like, <laughs> you got it. He can pull that off. Um, so I, I wonder if maybe you'll see a lot of Williams then because he's more of the he's more of the downhill get what I'm you know I'm yeah. giving type guy yeah we'll see I'll be very interested to see how Swift looks because he looks so good like he was creating big plays at such a high clip in the first two weeks of the season and then the the warts started to come on the last game so we'll see what kind of Swift that we get and and the efficiency of their rushing attack um, if he looks better or worse as time goes on. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's without Hawkinson, I think you can play man coverage. Obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown's a good player, but like outside of that, the the receiving core isn't anything too crazy. Like Goff is Goff has this reputation of being like, oh well, he's safe with the football. Like he may not be super talented, but he's safe with the football. But he's like up there in turnovers every year. So like without Hawkinson and and I think with a running back situation that I'm a little I raise my eyebrow at a little bit, I do think that the the Lions offense isn't like they can put up they can explode for huge amounts of points but I'm expecting that that doesn't happen in this game and then if we can shut them down a little bit um uh, and and make Goff nervous like and maybe the running game has a couple negative plays that put them behind script like I I I can see the Packers winning this one sorry for that DeAndre Swift like total absolute aside but that is yeah, just how he runs right. and it's okay. Kenneth Walker runs like that sometimes a little bit at, at the NFL level. The thing about him is his broken tackle rate is at like 30% this season. And <laughs> it's been going, it doesn't matter. Um, I played last week. Nuts. Yeah. Just yeah. like he's, he's real good. <laughs> there is nine people in the box. There was no, and that one I don't blame him for. Cause I don't think there was anything there. Like Actually, everything so on that he's play like, is crazy. I'm just going like to start stunting DK, on people. The DK fake fade and <laughs> Kenneth Walker breaking like four tackles. Geno Smith had a, a nice block. G- Geno Smith. That was, that was, that was a really, it was out of structure, but it was kind of a team effort out of out yeah. of structure. It was like all the skill position players like did it by themselves because the line <laughs> the line didn't. All the skill position players were like, I'll do this myself. Fake fade. Gino throws a block. Kenneth Walker breaks a tackle. Bang. It was Touchdown. cool. It was really cool. But um, That was a great play. Anyway, uh, Packers-Lions is not my game of the week here. Uh, no, I, think I, just my wanted, game I just wanted to ask you if you thought you'd get a dub this week. I've talked a long time. You guys talk about your game of the week because well, I've, I mean, I've We've got a game of the week, a game we're what? going to. Have we bought those tickets? Have we bought those tickets, Matt? I'll get them after this. We're going. All right. Oh, Bengals, Bengals, Panthers. Bengals, Panthers. In yes, Cincinnati. once every four years, the Carolina Panthers make a journey to Ohio. <laughs> Half the time it's in like Cleveland. They play in Cincinnati like once every Nino, eight dude. years. It's like a solar eclipse or something. <laughs> and they're doing it this year, this week, and we're going. I think it'll be a good game, all things considered. Is it my game of the week? Uh It'll be interesting to see if Burrow can expose a Panther secondary that has been playing a little bit questionably, that has a couple of guys that are outside of J.C. Horn. It's pretty bad, but yeah, um, yeah I'm excited to go to that one. Without Jamar know. Chase, it'll, it'll definitely be... That's, that's the thing. Out. If they had Jamar, I think they'd have no hope. I mean, he just threw for like, you know, a million yards on Atlanta. Um, and then we lost to Atlanta. So this, and then it's on the road. He, he, he so this may be damning. The Bengals but, offense did not look good against the Browns. No, it did not. And it'll be interesting when you're at the stadium and you get the all 22 view to see what the strategies are. Like, what is the, is it single a high? Is it like yeah. what the dolphins were doing? Cause like, to me, if you're playing the Bengals now, you just, you, you man them up. And you double team T Higgins and you make yeah. Tyler Boyd beat you and you make Mike, the other Michael, the Mike bad Thomas. Michael Thomas. Mike beat Thomas. <laughs> so like, it'll be interesting to see if the Panthers deploy that strategy. It's a strategy that they are not shy with doing. Who did they play a couple weeks ago? Two weeks ago in their win. They Tampa. played Tampa. They yeah. played a lot of man coverage in that game, even though Mike Evans was there even though Chris Godwin was there, they were like, you guys are old and Godwin, you're always hurt. Like come, come beat us in man. So I, I'll be interested to see 
if like all of a sudden this Bengals wide receiving core with Chase goes from when it's like, do not man these guys up, do not do it because you need a double team safety and, and then Boyd and right. Higgins can win their one-on-ones and Chase can still win a two-on-one. But now without yeah. Chase, like it'll be, it's no matter who they're playing, like I think that is a very interesting offense to watch because of, you know, just how much, how much hype Burrow has gotten other- and how Chase is the real reason why that offense is so explosive. And that is my working assumption. And we'll see if Burrow can ever like prove that wrong and be explosive without chase. But I, I personally have my doubts and I I would, I would also look for the bang. I I would like the Bengals to be able to run the ball a little bit better. I would like to see, I would like to see Joe Mixon have a, a, a larger volume set because they, they do not give him the football. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's been inefficient this year. Like, don't get me wrong. The run blocking hasn't been great. Like, the run game has just not been there. But, like, I want to see them figure that out. Because, right, and it's mostly probably just a lack of creativity in their running game. Uh, but, man. He's averaging 3.3 3 yards yeah, a carry. It's, it's bad. It's bad. It's not good. Their offensive <laughs> line, not good, man. And this would be this would be funny. It's like if their offense puts up this like historical game, Jamar Chase goes out and they just they can't run or pass and do nothing and they keep losing. I'd, I'd put, you know, I'd give Pro Football Focus a lot of credit for their value of wide receiver. Yeah. You know, narrative. The other actually the other receiver that I'm really looking for is Terrence Marshall Jr. He had a very good game last week, and I'm suspicious of it because it was against um, maybe not the best secondary in the world that had both of its starting corners out. But if he plays well again, you have to question, what was Matt Rule doing? Why was he keeping him out? He may be the most like picking favorites coach ever because he would just like sign all of his – we've talked about it, He'd sign all of his Baylor guys. So I'm kind of ex- interested to see. It's like, is this guy actually just – a really good receiver who we just decided yeah. not to play in favor of Shai Smith. I mean, he'll, others. he'll likely have another good matchup. Awuzie is out for the year. Yes. The Bengals, the Awuzie being out for the year is so huge. I mean, since yes. joining the Bengals, he had, he had been playing at the very least a pro bowl level, if not like second team, all pro, like he had been one of the top corners in the league. Except yeah. for when AJ Brown like beat his ass <laughs> in that playoff game. Um, outside of that, like he has been incredible. He has been a legit number one that you trust on 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 top guys. Now you're talking about Dax Hill, who today said, "I haven't played outside corner since I was in high school, but I'd be willing to give it a shot." Oh. You got people saying things. You got rookies <laughs> saying things like that. All of a sudden, it's Eli Apple. Go ahead and guard like. Can you play on the outside now, Eli Apple? Like, yeah, you can you play Eli on the outside Apple, now, Daxton like Hill? One-on-one with, with DJ Moore, like. And this is the thing about the Bengals last year, man, and and something that, why I predicted them to go 9-8 and eight this year is they got really lucky with their injuries last year. Everyone was healthy. Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Awuzie, like, yeah. there were some injuries on the offensive line, no doubt. Logan Wilson got hurt, no doubt, but... Like a lot of their key pieces stayed healthy and that just doesn't happen every year. Like this year, this Bengals team, do they have enough juice in the coaching staff in other parts of their, their, like in their depth to overcome like big injuries? Like no team really does, but like, I don't know. They, 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 they're getting hit with a pretty big injury bug right now. And yeah. it's going to take a real, uh, uh, like a Hercules type of effort from Burrow. It's going to, it's going to take like a, a Justin Herbert esque effort from Joe oh, Burrow. But he, but the, he doesn't <laughs> but, win. He doesn't Herbert's pull not off a the clutch moments he needs to. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, bang, he, the Bengals. Kind no one of watched the fourth downs from week 18 last year against the, uh, the, the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders. Do not watch those. Gosh, did they not. win that game? <laughs> uh, no, they didn't. Oh, Herbert's because oh, oh. Herbert converted too many fourth downs. They should have punted <laughs> and given their defense better field position. 
or something. I have no idea. Right. But right. Exactly. no, he's going to have to put the team on the back and, and really carry without Chase and Ouzier and like the defense and the offensive line being like the tackles for getting how to play tackle. I do not understand. Lyle Collins has been a good tackle in the past. Jonah Williams has been a good tackle in the past. And now they're just like at the top of the league in like sacks allowed. They suck. I don't understand. So yeah, it's yeah. it's I'm I'm getting ready to say it. It may not be the Bengals' year, and I don't know if them playing I, the Panthers is game of the week. But well, well what is game? There, there's Look a, at this schedule, man. See. List of the good games. The okay, Chargers, Falcons, <laughs> Chargers, Falcons. Yeah, that's like, kind of a good one. God bless. It's the kind of a good one. I don't know. It's it's two teams that like. The Chargers, for as much as the Justin Herbert is not a winner narrative, is going around. They do have a winning record. <laughs> the Chargers yeah. do have a winning record. In spite record. of Herbert, yes. In spite of <laughs> Herbert and his fraudulence. Um, but um, that's... the, And it could be a lot more interesting if both of these teams are at full strength, but yeah, I don't know. Falcons getting, a, getting another gay, like... I always think the Falcons are not quite appointment viewing, but I do think that they are a fun team to watch because of what they do in the running game. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Pitts got a little bit more involved in the last game. And if you can keep watching, like, will that build on top of each other? I kind of think it won't. I kind of think they like sprinkle in the occasional, like Kyle Pitts targets to like, uh, like set up the decoys <laughs> later um, yeah. or something. But It'll be interesting to see if, if he can keep up a you know a, a relative hot streak here. Are we going to get another it. Demir Bird masterclass? That's the real question. <laughs> well, if is Ter- are Terrell and Hayward going to be out again? Ooh, I'm uh, not sure. If the answer is yeah. yes, then it's like this is actually a Herbert legacy game where he must put Hayward's up 500 passing yards or he is not good. Hayward's on um, IR. Terrell is questionable. Okay, but you do, it is a game. It is a game between two potential playoff teams, and it could be a fair matchup with the blown up secondary of the Falcons versus the horrible wide receiving core of the Chargers. Chargers, right. and who will win this battle of like completely beat up squads and units? Uh, that that might be a thing. And you know, we've seen the Chargers struggle to defend the run, uh, and the Falcons have a very good rushing attack. We might see Cordero Patterson back. Uh, so that's something to watch out for is is Patterson and, and this Falcons run game potentially exposing exposing the, the Chargers front seven. And we're going to see Herbert try to get it. I'm I'm curious to see if, if Herbert can still play like a decent game with like no one at wide receiver. And yeah, I'll mean, say it now. Keenan's if he doesn't. Keenan's questionable. Jalen Guyton IR. Mike Williams out. Wide receiver one. We're, we could be looking at Josh Palmer. And DeAndre Carter as like your your top two receivers this week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm curious to see if like even against a bad secondary, like what this offense looks like. If if Herbert, I think that Herbert is going to beat the can't check it down allegations <laughs> levied by some in the media. I think that we're going to see a lot of them this week, and uh, let's force the Falcons to tackle Austin Eckler. I think that is going to be the entire yeah. offense this week, which is not, I'm not making it sound like game of the week here, but it is a game between two potential playoff teams. So we got to talk this, about is it. Is this the Super Bowl preview? <laughs> it's going to be like, it's just going to be Arthur Smith cooking up the most insane run looks versus this front versus Justin Herbert checking it down to Austin Eckler and Eckler making guys in space. That's yeah. that's going to be this game, in my opinion. So bet your Eckler overs really? on everything. It's, it's going to be Sony Michelle game. making guys in Ah, yes. Sony Michelle is <laughs> going to be the one. Sony Michelle. That's what they pay him for. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what game of the week would be. I'm gonna. I, mean, I am excited for uh, Roquan to see Roquan on Monday night. Is he going to play? That's a good question. Will he play? I, I'm this not, is, and this is the thing. These would be all my things to watch for, but I don't think any of those guys are actually going to play yet. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Well, we might, are, we might like, see a little bit of, are the, where, where, who do the Bears play? Miami? Will we see Claypool? We might see a little yes, bit of Claypool. Yes, I think we will see we, Claypool. We, really? I do think that we will see Claypool. Yeah. I do. Because you, you can just in the huddle just tell him what route to run. 
Well, it just goes. It's Chase Claypool. <laughs> Chase Claypool doesn't know what route he's running. No, they had him, they had him run is, like a whip route one time, didn't they? Or so, like a, <laughs> I don't know. Chase Claypool's like awareness on the field leaves a lot to be desired. So, you know, how bad could it get if he doesn't quite know the playbook? Just tell him to run a bunch of goes and have Fields throw those deep balls to him. I think we're going to see that from Claypool. Yeah. And I don't know if it's something I'm necessarily dying to see. Um, I'm excited to see maybe how bad the Bears defense looks and how bad their pass rush looks without Robert Quinn. Um, yeah, that could be an interesting question. Uh, and Rook without Rook Juan Smith either, like just how severe is this tank <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball is something I might be morbidly curious to see as I'm sure Tua will put up another masterclass game and, um, the, uh, MVP chance will, will spread. But, uh, yeah, you know, you know what the game of the week might be <laughs> Seattle and Arizona. She- no, you don't think no so. Game involving you don't, you don't, you don't want to see. You don't want to see uh, Hopkins and Tariq Woolen going at it. You don't want to see Kyler versus see Geno Smith. No, uh, I don't want to see that. Chiefs versus Titans is probably game of the week. The Titans have had their number recently. I think like uh, I know that early last season the Chiefs had like no offensive output versus tit- the Titans, and th- that was really when the Mahomes can't be too high narratives really started and Derrick Henry ran all over their defense. So now they're playing again. What adjustments has Andy Reid ma- made? What is the game plan going to look like? You know, and yeah, I think how much has the defense improved? I guess how much has the run defense improved with, uh, with coaching or whatever changes they've made? They haven't made a ton of changes to the front seven really outside of George Karloftis, but this has been a game that the Titans have, been competitive in in the past um they are what five and two now are they in a five game winning streak the chiefs yeah yeah they're five and two so yeah that's a game that i think and we'll see i hope we don't have malik willis i believe that it we don't (laughs) i Uh, certainly hope we don't i never want to see him Tannehill is out i'm pretty sure oh wait that's for that was updated on the 28th though hold on let me it's uncertain it's uncertain it's questionable so that could definitely i want it to be Tannehill as much as people like hype up rookies malik willis he ain't got it right now okay he's a big project they they also they do not trust him at all all right so it's boring it's boring like he's people think that it'll be exciting because he's young but it would be extremely boring if malik willis is out there uh but yeah i i guess i'm interested to see that sunday i think that's a pretty good sunday night game um, yeah, that's not, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not a bad game for sure. The only thing I do worry about is like the Titans defense has not quite been up to the level that it was last year. Their linebackers have not been super duper sharp, I think in coverage this season. And, um, that's with Kelsey. I think that could be something yeah. that maybe we'll see if Bayer just tries to beat, like they roll a safety down over him and just try to like press him and, and try to like, the Derwin yeah, James you're not method. Worried, you're not worried about Tyreek Hill anymore burning you over the top. The Chargers just roll like Tyre like Derwin James over Hill and just or Kelsey and just like literally like assault him and see, test if the refs <laughs> will call it. And the hypothetically, I, I know that they don't quite have a physical specimen like Derwin James, but they do have two very good Byard, safeties. So I'm bro, wondering. Byard is re, Byard's really good. <laughs> like, he's really Byard's good. Real he's good. not like built like Derwin James, though. But no, I will but be interested to see how they deal with Kelsey because teams with great safeties, like and testing the referees, that's I think the best recipe. Um, but it doesn't work a lot of the time because a lot of people don't have Derwin James. But the Titans have someone who's somewhat close, so that's yeah. something to watch out for. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. Hooker's Hooker's good too. Money Hooker's. Uh, so they they have they have guys, but man, their past defense has been one of it's been one of the worst in the league this year. Twenty fourth in yards, 29th in touch. Like they've allowed fourteen passing touchdowns this year. It's not been great. It's not great. Not great at all. But yeah, well, Chiefs, Chiefs, Titans. I don't hate that. Still, I still like Seattle, Arizona, even though Theo hates it. Well, you just like you just like the Seahawks. I do like the Seahawks. They're fun. They're fun. Tariq Woolen's going to be. That's, I do. I do think that'll be a good matchup. Tariq Woolen and 
Uh, he's tall enough. D, he's tall D, enough. I mean, D Hop plays like he's six four, even though he's six one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think he is six one. I think he's below that. I think he's below that. It was really <laughs> jarring during his one handed touchdown on. It's always jarring. He had yeah. that really tight coverage on on Harrison Smith, and just to see like, oh, Harrison Smith is like bigger than him by like a bit. Not maybe not but a bit, he but he plays, is a bit, he is a bit bigger. And then you big. see like Hopkins catch that and turn around, and it's like you are not that much bigger than Jahan Dotson. That is weird. <laughs> You're like an inch taller than Jahan Bro, Dotson. It, That's- him, it, it's the Jamar Chase thing, too. I watched Jamar Chase, and I'm like, that man, there's no way you're only six feet tall. Because when you go up to make a catch, I'm like, you are 6'4". <laughs> like, yes. But he's not. And he just looks, he looks so much bigger until you, like, get real close on it. But, so yeah, yeah. I think, I think it could be, strange, I think, but- I think there could be some fun m- matchups within that game. But, Game of the week, Kansas City, Tennessee is probably the right way to go. But unless you guys have anything else. I do not. Nope. All right. Well, make sure if you want to see the Stay Hot Locks, you tune in to our Thursday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time live on the AMP app by Amazon. Go download the AMP app. Search up Stay Hot. Give us a follow there, and we will discuss the Stay Hot Locks. Do our little Stay Hot Lock draft tomorrow but thank you all so much for tuning in and as always from corn boy bird boy and lemon boy we will catch you all on the flippity flop tax day is coming oh no but if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.